Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Morning Crew. Um, Before we get started today, we just as a group wanted to acknowledge the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas, along with a lot of other violent acts that have been happening recently. We know that the world right now is full of so much grief, and it just really reiterates that this is a universal feeling regardless of whether you feel it directly or you're a witness from afar, I think people are definitely feeling the the heaviness of this event. Um, And we truly are thinking of every person that has been affected by the weight of grief in light of all of these current events. So just a reminder to check in on your friends and take care of each other. We get through tragedy through community. So We just wanted to kind of reiterate that and send out that reminder to everybody that is listening and kind of wanted to open up to you all, Kelsey and Mads, um, if you had any other thoughts or comments. Yeah. um, I I know I was texting with you guys earlier and I was like, oh, I think I have some stuff to say on the podcast. Um, I'm not exactly sure what is in the air the last like couple weeks. Um, I've been... I've been struggling if whether it was grief from afar or um, just like my like clinical depression or if it was heartbreak, I couldn't figure out what it was that I was feeling. Um, but the past little bit has been really, really tough. Um, and I, I'm used to everything coming and going in waves, but it's kind of um, difficult sometimes when I feel like I'm doing all the things. It's like I'm going to the cycling class. I'm doing my journaling. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm, I'm still putting out for other people and it just doesn't feel like – it's, it's like I'm still not happy. Um, so I've been having a few um, – a rough, a rough little go at it and I just wanted to um, be honest about that because sometimes the world naturally can feel so heavy, especially with what we've all gone through in the past little bit. Um, And it's just really, I feel, important to, especially if you have um, other things going on in your head, and we all have other things going on in our lives, but just to be very um, aware of of where you're at. And I I mean, I was putting out work I'm not proud of. I I just wasn't personally, professionally, like there was just a lot that is kind of train wrecked because of this. And so um, I know that we're aware and we know that this stuff happens and people feel this way. but like, just like Kathy said, like check in on your friends. Um, it's okay. Like when you have stuff going on. Um, I mean, I literally will just get in the car and cry on the way home from work and like wipe it off and be fine and like do the like. It's just that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And if you have been in that boat or you are in that boat, that's okay. Um, it's all good. I mean, it sucks, but like we all kind of go through it and we kind of get through life together. Um, I've got a couple of really great friends I've been able to talk to about it. But I know that sometimes when it seems like everywhere you turn, it feels very, very, very heavy, Um, which also is kind of a good segue into our topic today. So I know that last time we were on the podcast, I promised the girls that I would watch the last couple episodes of This Is Us because, again, tragedy everywhere in media. Um, And I did not do it, but I know that they did and they have thoughts. So Kelsey, how was it? What are the thoughts? What's the update? Spoiler alert. Like, let, let me hear it. 
Well, first, I do just want to acknowledge and thank you for sharing that, Mads. I think that's really an important and honest update because I think a lot of people can relate that, like you said, even if you know you're doing all the things on paper that are supposed to make you happy, sometimes things feel heavy and things feel hard and we go through kind of like seasons or weeks or days where that kind of happens and then layer onto your normal life, all the crazy, heavy, tragic things that are happening in the world. And it's, it's definitely, definitely a lot to carry. So I just want to acknowledge and thank you for sharing that. And that I think a lot of us can relate. Um, Kathy, did you want to say something before we do yeah, I was deep just dive into that. this is us? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that I, I've been there for sure. And I've in, by that, I mean the same space of doing all the things you're supposed to be doing to help elevate your mental health and still not maybe feeling it and nothing is like sticking with you. So I, I definitely understand that. And I'm sure a lot of people out there do understand that. Um, and yeah. So just it's relatable and I can definitely, you know, I'm always here as a <laughs> as a support, but um, I, I know it's important to hear those types of experiences that other people are sharing as well. Yeah. I think about it a lot too. And I think like back to like when I, when I wasn't doing the therapy and I wasn't doing the work and this is more something that I would have just hidden and like not told, like not called my friend and like, I couldn't get out of bed today. Like I literally put a body pad down to, for the dog to pee because I couldn't take her outside because I'm just so down and so not getting out of it. And I feel like it's a step to talk about it with a friend. Um, it's a step to talk about it with you guys. And I'm, I was, I wanted to share it because that's one thing I'm very, very passionate about. And that was a big reason why I wanted to get in on this project. Um, and I appreciate you guys' support. I know that you're always here. Um, I've just turned off my phone. I wasn't really talking to anybody the last little bit. Um, but it's important to show up if you can, and I'm really excited to get into this with you guys. And now I'm going to make light of my depression, <laughs> and I'm going to have you tell me about this as us. <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so spoiler alert, if you have not seen the second to last and last episodes of the TV show on NBC, This Is Us, um, it is... These are the final episodes of the entire show, and I know all of us have watched it, but it's I think Kathy and I especially have been like very committed fans. I went to a live taping interview this year with my dad and sister. Like we're we're in it. And part of the reason we're in it is one, the show is really well done, but two, it just hits on a deep level of so many parts of life, but especially as the show is wrapping up with the passing of a loved one, with care, taking care of a loved one, with progression of a slow moving disease like Alzheimer's, um, showing in a really authentic and honest way how you say goodbye to somebody, what those last moments are. And in this second to last episode titled The Train, it was this unbelievably beautiful, like, breathtaking, so deeply devastating. I know Kathy and I were both like sobbing and like couldn't talk about it for a bit. Um, episode and portrayal of what they had, Rebecca, the main character, Mandy Moore, like the visual representation of her passing away and using this train as a visual to show that and how you can, the person can kind of hear goodbyes and the different people who've already passed who are helping them along the way, 
and what the family and the siblings and all their kids are doing and how they're handling it. And I, of course, this is hitting really personally to me and talking with my dad and sister was definitely a lot to be taking in. Um, But because it was done so well and touched a layer that I've never in my life seen on TV or a movie and probably never will again and how um, like powerful and the layers of details that made it so raw. Um, It also brought me some comfort to see this like very deep, like worst, darkest, most emotional moments of my life kind of represented in a popular TV show in a way that I could connect with and find comfort in knowing so many other people have gone through something like it. And honestly, that train visual helped me. And it it helped me visualize like my mom's passing in a similar kind of poetic way. But um, I would say, and I've told some of my friends, it was the best episode of TV I've ever seen. They should win all the Emmys and all the awards. (laughs) And I'm going to stand by that hot take. But Kathy, we were texting about it. And I also really appreciated being able to text with you about it to like go back and forth. And I know we were both like digging on Twitter and, oh, my God, did you notice this? And did you see this? Um, But I would love to hear your thoughts and your perspective as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting emotional even um, hearing about it back. But, um, well, first, I think, I don't know, like for people that haven't seen, again, this is a huge spoiler alert, but I think I'm just going to lay out what the actual episode entailed. So yeah, perfect. Basically, (laughs) yeah. So, so Mads can actually (laughs) get the full (laughs) picture here. Um, So Rebecca Pearson is the mom of the three kids. And as anyone who watched the series, and if you didn't watch, their father passed away when they were teens and their house that burned down, which I think there's also something kind of like cliche about this show kind of bringing Kelsey and I like together and talking about it because it like started with the dad dying and ends with the mom dying. So there was something kind of like, I don't know, cheesy there. Parallels. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I was thinking about when I was texting you about it. But um, because it's like I had no idea who you are when I was watching, you know, that part of the show. And now knowing you today, it's just I don't know, just kind of like full circle, a little full circle moment. Um, But anyway, so the mother and they're now well into probably like 50s and like late 50s or mid 50s. The kids are. And so their mom is now much elderly versus like when they experienced the death of their father when they were teenagers. Um, And she has Alzheimer's. And so it's a disease that's been taking a long time to progress. And as Kelsey mentioned, um, it's, it's been hitting the family for a while. And so they've had years to kind of educate themselves on the disease and then also figure out like how to, basically adapt to everything that their mom was going through as it progressively got worse. Um, And so this episode is truly like the last and final moments of the disease. And she's already like um, in bed at home with a nurse. Um, And so at this point, like she's getting all the help necessary. There's a live-in home at nurse. They're taking turns, taking care of her. Kevin is there, uh, one of the sons, like full time with his wife. So Truly, like, it's, like, the worst of the worst at this point. And so then um, 
you can see her in her dreams, what is depicted as her dreams, as her coming onto a train. And she goes through each car of the train, experiencing a, a relation, an important relationship from her life. And so she's looking back and reflecting on each of those relationships. And there are some like key characters and people from the show in the past that aren't her immediate family that come into the picture and show like the impact that they've had on her life. And um, one of them being like the doctor that birthed her uh twins at the time that were supposed to be triplets and was there for her the night of her triplets and twins birth um, and really helped her family kind of get through hardship in that night. Um, There's one of her sons, her adopted son's biological father that kind of helps her through each cart, kind of telling her how it's going to go. And it's almost like this is how you're going to pass on to the next life, like once you get to the last cart. And so each car is filled with like so many memories and treasured moments that she's held on to. Like, and I think if I'm not mistaken, like little moments too are because that was kind of like a big piece of how they wanted to portray this passing. And when she got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was like, it's not the big moments that I'm really scared of forgetting. It's the small moments that I'm really scared of forgetting. And so that was kind of depicted in this overarching metaphor of the train and again so each cart is kind of like a different relationship so each um each child and each child's relationship is being kind of embodied with every cart that she walks into um and it's really just again i'll reiterate like a beautiful beautiful metaphor of how somebody is kind of passing on to the next life if you believe in that or whatever life has and holds for you after death. And so I think that's what made it so, that's what made me so in awe of the episode. I had never seen a metaphor like that written and depicted like that. And I mean, Dan Fogelman, the writer, is like one of the best writers ever. And that's a huge draw of an appeal to the show in general. And I think he's written like if I'm not mistaken, like for Friday Night Lights and Parenthood, other like intensely dramatic TV shows that pull at your heartstrings too. So it doesn't, um, it's not surprising that this would as well. And I just think the way that she encounters every relationship, like she's reflecting back and then it's also mirroring kind of what's happening in real life too. So in real life, each person is saying their goodbyes to her and it feels like as they're saying their goodbyes, she's reflecting on that relationship is what's happening like in the dream. And it's interesting, like in the middle, I think toward, well, towards the end, she keeps saying how she's waiting for somebody. And that's because in real life, we know that her daughter is still flying to try to get there before she passes. And in her memory, it's like she's holding on to life to wait until her she can hear like her daughter say goodbye, which is like super emotional um, and really crazy just to think about because I was like telling Kelsey this, that in from what I know, sorry, um, when people are passing, uh, hearing is the last, um, oh my God, what am I? Sense. sense. Sense that you lose. And so I just thought like that actual 
And I, I, I imagine that that actual reference was being portrayed in the episode two was really um, just kind of beautiful as well. And then at the end is her reuniting with her husband, who, you know, was the father that had passed um, at the very beginning of the show. So that was also kind of comforting for me as well in terms of like seeing the reunion that was that was I will say like a kind of almost a light at the end um that hopefully I mean who knows what happens but I would like to hopefully believe that we get reunited with our loved ones sorry that got super emotional but yeah oh my gosh no 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 it's such a deeply emotional episode and um maybe the reason I didn't even like let myself go into the details was for that reason so thank you for taking my kind of high level comment and actually breaking it down I will just say quickly that awe and being in awe I definitely relate to that and like that description of it and also in finding so much comfort in them reuniting and I think and this is something my family and I had talked about was that it wasn't this like big dramatic moment. And they acted like all this time had passed. It was really beautifully done as, and they were, she was just laying in, in bed and then looked to her side and he was just there and said, Hey, as if like it was just another day and no time had passed. And I think that sentiment felt really, really comforting as well that it's like not only do you get reunited but in the scheme and again whatever you believe but in the scheme of existence in the universe your time on earth maybe ends up being really small and it ends up being a really quick like effortless like oh yeah like no time's passed and yeah um I think that was part of the like how they did it that was so so comforting and unique as well so when they showed Jack, that's um, Jess Mariano from Gilmore Girls, right? Correct. Okay. So yeah, when they yes, showed yes. him, was he young and like like where he like where he was when yeah, he passed? Yeah, young him? and healthy. And was she the same? He was young and healthy. Did you see her? She was young and healthy. She was young and healthy. Oh. So what like how you imagine them when they were like had young kids and they were like falling in love. So like that was also um, cool to see and the way she was like as Kathy said like. So, like, Beth was coming in and saying her goodbye. She, like, flashed and saw Beth as a young girl and at her current age. She saw um, – it was cool because the way the whole show worked is they jump between all these generations. So there was a scene where you see Kevin with Kevin as adult, Kevin as teen, Kevin as young boy. So she kind of, like, sees the combination of all of the ages all at once and reflects on that. And then, like, like Kathy said, with William, who was Randall's birth father, guiding her – he had such beautiful comfort because there's a little bit of her being like, but I like, I'm waiting for someone or I don't know what this means or do I have to move on? And he just had a very comforting, poetic guiding way of saying like, let's go here, let's go here. And with every person she talked to, like with the, the doctor, like he gave such a powerful, profound, beautiful speech to her. Um, and it just showed a lot of like closure. It added a lot of meaning. And there was a big quote at the end that I, I probably should have looked up when, but she was like about to get to the last car, the caboose, which was an earlier reference to another episode where she like couldn't remember that word. Um, and she was kind of like, oh, I don't want it to be over. Or I don't want it to be the end. And he kind of gave a response back along the lines of, well, it's not 
the only reason you're sad is because you had so much happiness or you had so much to live for. Kathy, do you, can you help me remember that? I think it was something along the the lines of like, um, how, what a beautiful thing that it's so hard to leave. Like it must've been such a beautiful thing that you experienced in life kind of thing. Um, which yeah, like when you love something so hard or so much, like it, it's so painful to, move on from that or move forward from that. And that's because of the strong, strong feelings that you held inside during, during that time. So yeah, I think he was trying to kind of um, put the perspective a little bit for her to feel more comfortable. (sighs) But man, it was definitely a doozy. It definitely took me a couple days to like recover from because I, I, I made a point to like watch it like in my room with the door closed, like just kind of have the space for myself and like was talking to Kathy and was talking to my dad and sister, but it, I, I'm not a huge crier, but that episode definitely rocked me a bit just to kind of see it all played out, but it was very cathartic. Um, and us, I, I would put that episode and that portrayal on a pedestal compared to and we'll, we'll get into like more uh, representations, the more stereotypical representations of death or grief in um, in media. Oh, I would say actually before we move on from This Is Us, there was one more thing. And they would show the entire family was at this house. So all the siblings and their own kids and the uncles and the wives and everyone was together. And they showed them saying things like, how are we supposed to feel right now? What are we supposed to say? And they showed them laughing and telling stories and they saw, they showed them, you know, tired and eating takeout. And I just felt like that side of the coin had never, I had never seen that represented really in movies or TV too, of kind of like that unspoken of like, how does a family react when like this unthinkable thing is happening? It's a situation where it's not like a sudden passing where you like know it's coming and how a family acts and comes together. Um, because they do. The family does in a lot of cases we've experienced or some form of a community will usually rally together and no one exactly knows what to say or how to grapple with it. And so I thought that kind of range of how they showed those scenes, like I personally related related to those moments too. Yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> I was like, I was starting to look, I was like, I need to watch this now. Like now you guys have, you've, like, you've sold me. I know what's happening. Um, it's interesting listening to Kathy speak and uh, how the daughter was flying and in the mind, um, Mandy Moore was like, Rebecca was like, sorry, <laughs> Rebecca was like, oh, like I'm like, she's like just thinking of her daughter, like waiting for her daughter, um, because that's exactly what happened with my grandpa. And I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but like my mom was like, he's waiting. Like the hospice nurse literally said he had three hours and I lived on the coast and I didn't even make it there. Um until like eight hours later and they were like shocked that he was still breathing. So it, that, that touches, that touched me a little bit when you said that too. Um, and on the same note of talking about new media things that have gone out, um, and I'm not going to talk about it too much because I don't want to get any spoilies, but I watched, um, the new Top Gun with my dad this weekend. Oh, I watched the new Top Gun on Monday with my roommate. It was so good. Well, this will be great because maybe you could so have good. a little bit of a. I haven't and I... seen it, but I really want to. Okay, I'm not giving any spoilers. But have you have you seen the original Top Gun? Like the I have not. I probably should. So I'm basically, bad at that. in the first Top Gun, and this is from the 80s, so like I'm not like get no spoilies, but like Maverick, who's Tom Cruise, his co-pilot dies 
And um, so the movie, and I'm still not a spoiler because it's in talk shows. I watched all the interviews. Uh, Miles Teller plays that pilot's uh, son. And so it's kind of interesting. And Kelsey, I don't know. I, 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 I'm intrigued and I'm glad that you saw it because I was, and I don't know if I just thought about it because I knew we were going to be having this conversation. Um, but I kept feeling like there were definitely, par- there were so many parts in the movie where like Tom Cruise's character Maverick was like so motivated by his grief. And like he kept moving and like looking forward and looking back. And like there were some things he said that you would only know if you're like diehard for the original movie like me and my dad were. Um, but it was really interesting to watch. And I don't think that like my dad, for instance, who watched it with me, who wasn't thinking in the mindset of like trying to like unpack or like work on the grief or whatever it is really got that. But if you sit back and look at it, that entire crazy blockbuster thing was fueled by grief. And it's really, it was really cool to see how they, I didn't know. I was so worried about seeing it because I was like, I don't know. I don't want them to ruin it. Like this is my favorite movie from when I was little and the way that they had handled it. And like, it was so eloquently done like I wouldn't have changed a thing um but Kelsey did you notice did you notice that whenever you're watching it at yeah, all yeah no I'm glad you brought it up I was thinking about that and then forgot to bring it up when we were chatting before the episode today but the so I had seen the original once like a while ago so I'm kind of in between you guys were like I'm not a diehard I didn't remember every little detail but I got the gist of the movie going into it um but no the the entire movie was shaped and motivated by his grief and by the loss of that character um and how it impacted decisions tom cruise maverick's character made and how he looked at his son and how he acted and what he did and what he said to him and what he didn't say to him and how like the meaning of the movie like all of it was resting on the loss of his friend. And I was also definitely very hyper aware of that and how they show, and I, I, I won't give away like what happens either, but um, you know, they show him looking back at pictures and the way they show Tom Cruise's emotion and how there's some like unspoken moments. And I just thought, yeah, that on a, such a massive blockbuster, huge production movie them focusing on it and I do think they did a nice job where obviously not to be compared to this stuff totally different forms of media but in that type of a movie to be able to like show a man being emotional or like show a man have feelings show a man thinking about his friend show a man thinking about his father I think That is powerful for the larger audience, especially if you get to the stereotypes of like male versus female and showing emotion. So Kathy definitely recommends seeing it. (laughs) I feel like hopefully a lot of people will go and see it. It is really good. And you don't – I don't think you need to like – you'll definitely appreciate it more if you've seen the original movie, but but it's still on its own a good enough movie. You don't have to. And they piece with flashbacks like you piece the story together. I had read that um, and listened to in my press tour stalking that they had waited for a long time for Tom Cruise to find the right script for the story. Um, And so I like just I know that I said it and reiterating it, Kelsey, like the fact that you saw so many different ways to do that, like they could have easily just completely redone it and like used like the new like hot Miles Teller and all the hot guys and just made it this like fighting movie like it could be because it's a military movie um but every single piece of that was meaningful to me and I think it was so much more meaningful to me because the way they showed they even showed Miles Teller's character and how he kind of thinks about it and that is just it was incredible um and so yeah I was I definitely wanted to touch on that sorry Kathy if I uh said anything that spoiled anything for you (laughs) 
No, I'm just more motivated, honestly, to see the first one because I always like knowing the kind of like Easter eggs or anything that gets like implied from the first movie. So I'm more motivated to watch the first before seeing the new one. It's on HBO Max. (laughs) And to add to that, Mads, I do appreciate how thoughtful it was for that reason and agree that like maybe if we were talking about this 15, 20 years ago, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we don't need that deep emotional shit. No one's going to care about that. Like, let's let's just, yeah, keep it about fighting and planes and hot men and and maybe a love story and that's it. Um, so I, I do think that hopefully that it means that like the world is changing and showing more real and authentic emotions and problems and things of that nature. Like we're, we're heading in the right direction or people aren't shying away for that or people are realizing that it's important to showcase those types of things in a thoughtful way. Um, Because, and we'll talk about some examples, there are a lot of, oh, there's a dead parent or or someone passes away and it's very brushed over and there's a quick scene where everyone's wearing black and then you move on and then no one really talks about it again. And I would say that like that, because going to our podcast whole purpose, no one talks about grief. We all take so much from what we see in movies and TV shows. That's what we all thought grief looks like, that you cry a lot at once, you maybe get a little angry, and then you go to a funeral, and maybe there's a comment or two, but mostly you shove it down and don't talk about it. And look, I'm overgeneralizing, but that's the gist of what you see and what you understand. And then you live it and you realize how multi-layered and complex it is. And it is nice to see that current day stuff is trying to tackle that a little bit better. One thing, and this is what I, when you said this, I, I was thinking about this earlier and I put it in um, the notes and things of something I wanted to touch on. Did you, did either of you guys watch One Tree Hill? Yes. I didn't. Loved One okay, Tree Hill. So I, oh, Kathy, I'm shocked you've never seen One Tree Hill. That surprises I, me. I, yeah, it's been recommended to me so many <laughs> times. I can't, it's like exactly my type of show. It's actually. Sheer amount of episodes scares me so much. <laughs> I was about to like, say, there I'm is sure so the much content. is overwhelming. It is. Yes. It is. I watched it not live, but when I had, I think I started it from like my wisdom teeth being out. So I had like a ton oh, of yeah. time and then took it in from there. But yes, it is daunting. But I would say focus on like the, the meat of the show or the earlier seasons anyway. Yeah. But Mads. So I'll, I'll turn it back to you. No, you're no, it's totally fine. Um, it's funny because when we were talking, I I was talking when we were planning this, I wrote down One Tree Hill and a Walk to Remember, which are both things that are filmed in Wilmington, which is where I live. And I was like, of course that's what I would pick. Um, <laughs> but one thing and it's a cool fun fact. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um, Kathy, this is kind of a spoiler, but it's been out for too long and it's really not that big of a spoiler. And I'm sorry, you, you missed the train on this one. Um it's okay. I, and there's a in the third season there's a school shooting episode actually um and i remember that was actually the very first episode i ever saw of that show i was i was wa- my sister was watching it when it was on tv and i was not allowed to watch it cuz i was just about to go to high school and my mom was like no no so i was watching it from behind the wall and i remember being so freaked out in that episode um and then i got into it and i kept watching and i do think i mean what that show i mean they film or they 
they played it on air up until like 2012. Um, and I really do think that the way that they handled the school shooting and the grief that goes after it was something that was so beautiful and something that I've never seen before. And I think that that is one of the reasons why there are so many diehard, like we have conventions where every single person in like that is a fan, like diehard people come to town. It's insane. Um, and I think a lot of it is like, so this happened in season three, right after it happened, it showed like the girlfriend trying to make, you know, the main guy feel better that his uncle passed away in the shooting. And he's like, not like this party isn't doing anything for me. Like I'm grieving. Like it's not like anything that you're doing is not yeah. helping. And then he, they keep bringing it up, up until the very last season. And I think that for someone who, if you are, you know, that show was made for like teenagers who don't really know what the hell they're doing, um, to see that portrayed and to see like Sophia Bush, who's the, the queen of all queens and like Chad Michael Murray and all these people like have these conversations and be like I appreciate all the stuff that you're doing but this isn't what I need and then they go up it's just a whole it's something that they didn't just brush under the rug and they could have um and I think that that is something that's definitely worth mentioning because yeah most of the time it's a hundred percent like like a, a quick scene at a funeral and then it's done I remember that episode really impacting me too, that I had never seen anything like that. And it might have also weirdly been one of the first episodes I saw when I was just dabbling with a friend who was watching it. And I had never, like, because, you know, your experience of hearing about a school shooting is on a news headline or a newspaper. Like, this was even like early days of social media. Mm -hmm. But to see a scene where, you know, the kids are in the school and you're watching them figure out who the shooter is and how scared they are and how they all operate and how, yeah, the town grieves and the individuals grieve. That was something deep and something that, you know, I had never experienced or had really learned about in that way. So I do think that knowing they had such a crazy captive diehard audience of a lot of young people and were able to portray that, I think was really powerful. And it's been a while, but Mads did Peyton's mom die or did somebody yeah. have a parent who passed away like pre-show that they would like reference to? Yeah, Peyton's mom um, passed away and yeah, they talk about that really they th that well. And then like I was um, even down to like on the basketball jerseys putting like KS for Keith Scott, who's the person who died in the shooting, like even down to like the details. But yeah, Kelsey, you're 100% right. Um, she did reference her mom who passed away from being sick. And so just like hitting on those storylines and it just goes to seeing representation, I think is helpful. And even of course, at the time I was not grieving at the time, but it was still educational for me as just like a human being to watch and experience. Um, and then now like in the, this is us example, the Top Gun, having gone through grief, it's even more impactful. Um, but I think from any perspective, I think it's valuable that people are thoughtful in movies and TV shows from this perspective. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying of like, it's important that it's represented and then also represented more accurately in terms of the multi-layeredness of it. Like, I think it isn't really having the, I guess most accurate representation if they are just showing like a scene where there's a funeral everyone's dressed in black and then we're moving on right after that so i think like having the multi-layered approach is actually super helpful and i think what's really interesting is like we are all you know we 
obviously our brains are developed and we're experiencing this as adults and we're looking back on it. But it's interesting how, and obviously I feel like a lot of people know, like the kind of joke out there is that like all Disney movies have like a couple of dead parents (laughs) in like every single movie. And so we're actually like being exposed to it when we're a lot younger. But it's kind of a fine line because you are having a kid's film and it's like, do parents really want to be talking about or educating about death so early on that they have to depict it uh, so delicately? Um, And I know like I always will. My freaking favorite movie is The Lion King before before anything happened to me in my life. And I like (laughs) didn't even think about it. And I was just wanted to watch Lion King like on a random day in high school randomly. And I watched it and I was like, I haven't seen this movie since my dad died. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. And I literally was weeping so hard. And I was like, I can't believe I liked this movie before. And I not even know like the impact it was going to have on me later on in life. And it was so crazy to me that I like, was witnessing a lot and just having like this rush of emotions. And I think that was the first time I like saw a movie, of course, The Lion King, where I was like, oh my God, my experience is being portrayed in film and like in a, in through an animated film. It's just so crazy. And I know like Pixar does a, a huge, um, makes a huge effort in having more adult messages and themes throughout their films, um, throughout, like everything kind of later on in the Pixar life. And so I've, I've always been an avid fan of animation. I work in animation titles right now. Um, and I think it's really cool that they're like speaking to more adult messages with kids movies these days, because I think there is a way of kind of showcasing it and showing you a little bit about death, like to kids, but not making it so dark and heavy. Um, And one movie that, like, is one of my favorite movies of all time is Coco. And I think, like, that movie in itself is all about, like, teaching kids about life after death and honoring loved ones that have passed on. And I think they do it in such a beautiful way. Like, I was, again, had that feeling of in awe of how they could portray such a heavy topic, but, like, so amazing. And that hit, like... Everybody was crying in that theater, I feel like, when I remember watching that um, film. No, Kathy, that's so funny you say that because I actually was just thinking. So, again, a a quick step back to One Tree Hill because there's this one episode that I watch all the time and it's called Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. And it's later on in the series and it's someone – um, someone who's passed away and they're all grieving and they're at their funeral. And I'll go back and watch that when I want to feel seen, but you cannot get me to turn on Dory or Up or Moana and watch the grandparents die or watch someone <laughs> die. Like the ones that are no. like made for oh like God, children. Yes. I'm like, I yes. can't. Like my nephew's like, can we watch Up? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like you can watch it on the tablet. Like I can't do that, but I will watch like an actual real people doing this whole like grieving process because it makes me feel seen. But God forbid the Disney Plus stuff give me that feeling <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not <laughs> the opening scene of up has a like oh trick hold on all of our emotions like you it's hard to find something it's terrible that feels more sad more quickly than that it's awful i remember watching it and being like what are we watching yeah like i remember sitting i think i saw that movie in theaters i want to say i did and seeing the first five minutes i was like 
how are we going to get through the rest of this movie? Like, if that was the first five minutes, like, it's crazy. But, um, I mean, that's also said that it's so beautifully depicted in such a short amount of time. Like, a lot of things that were going on um, in, like, that were happening in that movie and then just so beautifully captured in, like, five minutes was really cool to see. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, it's just a common theme that the Disney has. And it's really interesting that they continue to do it. I feel like they've kind of strayed away a little bit and having other messages in their movies. But I feel like traditional Disney had a lot of those, like, either one parent dying or two parents dying, like, Frozen 2 um, was, like, really emotional in the first five minutes of that movie as well. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's interesting that we are getting exposed to it when we're kids um, and just kind of it's it's a heavy subject to teach and the way that like animators and filmmakers want to do that. That's a big kind of um, message to take on that they want to put out. But I think it's I think it's really cool. And I don't know, have you guys ever like been with other people, whether it's Disney or not, and like other watching other TV shows or movies, while like a scene is happening that is reflective of your experience. Like, have you guys been through that? And what's been like the reaction to that? I was going to ask you guys about that with the This Is Us. Um, like, if you could, I mean, that's like triggering in itself. Um, and it's kind of weird to like find those triggers. For some reason, the only time I could think of. Well, it's not true. I'm sure there's plenty of them. But the first one that comes to my mind is like not depicted of my life, but it was in like the new Spider-Man and like, like the like people like, like someone passed away and it was like an aunt and like, I don't, and I just cried and I remember it so vividly because we leave the theater and my seven-year-old nephew's like, I hated that movie. You cried the entire time. And I was like, because people kept like getting hurt and dying and it was so sad. Um, but I'm sure if I thought hard enough that there would be. Something, but I feel like it's got to come up more frequently for you guys, Kelsey and Kathy. Um, Kelsey, like, and especially with the This Is Us. Yeah, with the This Is Us, just like texting a few people, kind of just being like, how did you even watch that? And I was like, well, it's different. Like, I'm very, like, engaged. And again, I intentionally watched that by myself in my room. Like, I love my roommate to death, but I knew that that was going to be such, like, a deep place for me that I didn't even want to be, like, out in the living room watching it because it was so personal. I also knew what was coming. Like the show made it very clear what was going to happen in that episode. Yeah. I think it's more of those times when you're getting like, you're, you're taken off guard or like, yeah. I feel like there's so many instances where like the death of somebody is just kind of like lazily input in a movie plot just to like add a little drama and then isn't really addressed and then moves along. But um, it wasn't all that long after my mom passed and I was watching with Two of my roommates at the time, I think it was to all the boys I loved before the most recent one, the third one. And there was a scene, you know, the girl's mom had died. Like the mom's never in any of the movies. And part of the show was her like writing to her mom or like texting her mom's old number. And it was just like really soon after my mom passed away. And I was just watching it. And I was like, okay, like I think I've mentioned before. Every time like cancer is mentioned or like the death of a parent, especially death of a mom is mentioned, I just feel like people just like they were kind of like not saying anything, but kind of like looking and like not wanting to say anything or like looking over at me and I felt it or like maybe I was hyper aware and maybe they were fine. But it's just that kind of like 
they're kind of probably like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done this. Oh, man, like, is she okay? And I was like, sitting there, fine. But it does bring up a little bit of awkwardness, probably for the people around me more than (laughs) me. But um, Kathy, I'm sure you've experienced something like that, too. Oh, my God. So many times um, a couple come to mind. And it's that same, like, and we could talk about this in, like, a wedding episode. But it's the same kind of feeling, like, when there's, like, a father-daughter dance. And I feel like eyes are glued to me in the room sometimes at tables and I'm like please look anywhere else please look at the actual father-daughter couple (laughs) dancing like please just don't look at me um but recently what I can think of was the Grammys um show after Kobe died had a lot a lot of people I think I think was that like the same day or the day after like that that happened the show happened like very closely to the events happening. And I think like everybody out there was, everybody that was at the award show felt like um, super emotional. And I think that came out in a lot of performances that happened that night. Um, One of them, one of the performances was Camila Cabello and she sang this song called First Man and she was debuting it. And Okay, so let me just paint the picture. I'm in a room with like, also, Kobe and his daughter just died. So girl, dad, all of that is already happening Uh, right now. And I had already invited friends over to watch this Grammy performance, like before all of that. And so there was like, I think like eight of us that were watching the show. um, And I was with my roommates in our living room. And she starts singing this song. And the lyrics, like, you're immediately thinking it's a romantic song, like, it's about heartbreak, like, all of this stuff. And then they start flashing pictures of her as a child, like, on the background for images. And I was like, oh, no, like, first, oh, no. And then as you start listening to the lyrics of the song, you realize that this is not about her first love. This is about the first man ever loving her, a.k.a. her father, and then they flash to her dad sitting in the first row that she's singing this song live in. And I cannot tell you how, first of all, that song was so emotional. And second of all, like the people that I was around, like that was one of the moments in my life where I was like, wow, I want to get out of this room. Like I want to get out of this room. But at the same time, I really want to see this song. It's so beautiful. And I really want to see this performance. And I think it's so cool. And it was just this feeling of like, if anyone, I've told you guys this before, but um, physical touch is low, the lowest of lows on my not love language. Kathy's love language. Don't PSA, touch Kathy. Do not and, touch Kathy. And I was like, if anyone tries to fucking touch me right now, I'm going to go ballistic. And so I just remember my best, like one of my best friends was sitting next to me and just put her hand on my thigh. Like, and that was it. And that was like all the acknowledgement that I needed. And I knew because she knew not to like make a big deal, not to hug me really tight or do all of these things. But she wanted to make sure that she was like she that I knew that she was thinking of me in that moment and I'll never forget that because I was like that was the perfect way to kind of acknowledge me in the moment and I was truly trying to hold it all in like in front of all of these people because I would I was about to lose it like bawling my eyes out and I I think I ran to the bathroom (laughs) after that scene was over and was like I gotta get through this because this is a lot but yeah that that night and that 
show for some reason like was is just forever kind of ingrained in my memory yeah it's ingrained in mine too and like I I was saying like you could see me reacting I knew exactly what you were talking about I could picture it all and I think it's just because of the Kobe-ness of it and how dramatic it was um that actually was the song that my sister ended up dancing with my dad to at her wedding yeah um but it's yeah and I wrote it down in my in my like notes of like I would want to like dance to this song or have some sort of like whatever I do to this to honor that moment at a wedding, I would want that song. It's so beautiful and so I I cannot imagine you being in that room and like have, and plus you're like trying to have fun with like your friends doing a Grammy party. Like I hate when that stuff yeah. like happens. It's what I, something I was going to mention is like you've got to be aware, which is so difficult of like triggers that you're not expecting. Um, and another, I just an example, and I know that I keep talking about this. Can you tell I'm excited? And still no spoilers, Kathy. But there's someone in <laughs> Top Gun who in real life has um, throat cancer, and he is unable to speak. And that is something that my one of my grandfathers had um, also dealt with. And so when that had happened, and it was funny, like I literally flew home to South Bend. I flew across the country to watch this with my dad. Like this was a very big thing for us, um, watching Top Gun together. And so I remember like sitting there and then when this character came on and like couldn't speak and then tried to speak and you could hear it, it sounded just like when my grandfather had tried to speak and couldn't. And so I like kind of looked at him and I was like, we're in the movies. And like, it was just like the same, like hand on your knee. And like, he put his hand on mine. And I was just like, this is so hard and unexpected. And it sucks. Like if I'm like watching a Grey's Anatomy or something, I'm expecting that. But I had no idea. And I didn't even really realize till after and I did the research as to why this character wasn't speaking. And I was like, holy shit, like that's real and that is very raw and I wasn't expecting it. And so like you got to be kind of careful and that's like it's similar in the same like idea of like that that happening to you at your Grammy party and like I'm in public and I'm like this sucks and like the day before that we went to go visit the grave and I'm like so it's already fresh in my mind and I'm like I didn't want this feeling at all this weekend but it it just shows up I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's unexpected. Grief is a sneaky little bitch. (laughs) That's the title episode, When Grief is a Sneaky Little Bitch. <laughs> grief is a Sneaky Little Bitch. It pops up everywhere. And yeah, it's like with the, these media examples and some examples, you know what you're walking into and you're using it as an experience to be cathartic. And in some examples, it surprises you. And I think in both examples, definitely like obviously if you know what you're walking into and you're being intentional and you're choosing it, that's usually a more positive experience. The release, the emotion can feel good. And then it's just kind of like, yeah, enduring the emotional possible roller coaster of when it is unexpected. Because as we've talked about in other episodes, there's tons of triggers you'll never be able to predict that are just going to be coming at you. And you're like, oh, okay, got it. I said, you know, they were having like at my job, like a big Mother's Day event and like with all this stuff involved. And I remember just being like feeling like everyone on the meeting was like staring at my screen or like waiting for Uh. me to talk. And it's just that feeling of like, it's not, you don't want to be the, like that be your only identifier Mm -hmm. in life, right? That's not how people, you want people to like associate you fully. But I think those subtle things with somebody close to you, like Kathy's example of her friend just kind of tapping her. I've had that in some cases too, where I was at um, maybe like a dinner and somebody made some comment of like, oh my gosh, like she wasn't going to be able to see her mom for a year. Like that's so hard. That's so hard. And it was like, 
I wasn't saying anything because like, who's going to be the asshole? This like, yeah. no, I wasn't going to say anything. But my really good friend kind of reached under the table and put her hand on my leg, literally, Kathy, the same thing. And it was enough for an acknowledgement of her being like, I know that was really shitty. And you're probably thinking that that was like a hard comment. Again, never malicious or anything like that. But um, those little moments and things from people around you can be really helpful. So on the flip side, like when it is expected or maybe like somebody has seen something before you, have you guys ever been like trigger warned? Because I know – I have. I think I've even been trigger warned by Mads once. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about two things. One is I mentioned last time that I was going to watch a show that was kind of reflective of my experience and I didn't end up watching it. But I do plan on watching Euphoria and kind of seeing because I know that there's a, a girl and a dad passing and obviously there's a lot to unpack there and there's more to her grief than than just that and into her life. It sounds like there's a lot into the show, obviously. Um, But that is something that I do want to uh, watch eventually. And then I did also want to talk about some certain like reality TV stuff. So I have a friend who um, is on the East Coast. And so I feel like when you're watching stuff that's like premiering on the East Coast, (laughs) No, okay, no, it's not you, but but you too. Uh, you could be a part. You could join part of this club too. Um, but I feel like she, um, who has also experienced a the loss of the, her father, has like kind of kept me up to date sometimes, especially when we know we're watching the same show, uh, aka The Bachelor, of what I'm talking about right now. She'll literally send me like trigger warning for tonight's episode of like what you're about to see, and so that has definitely helped me, especially when I know I'm going to watch it with other people, like to be kind of on high alert. And I was even like today going back to these two episodes that kind of like were ingrained in my memory of when she told me this. But if anyone watches The Bachelor religiously like I do, um, unfortunately, it's uh, I've been sucked into this uh, (laughs) hellhole of a franchise. (laughs) And um, on, I think it was Matt James's season as The Bachelor, there was some drama going on with this girl named Sarah. And I think it was like, all of the girls weren't really enjoying her. They thought that she was kind of like excluding herself and singling herself out and thought like she was so much better than everybody else. I think it was something along those lines. And one of the girls, Katie, who ends up being The Bachelorette, uh, approaches Sarah like directly and goes to her room to try to like confront her about all this drama. Like I think she's literally going there to kind of like start a fight and like the producers probably sent her there or whatever. And then it becomes a completely unexpected 180 conversation where Sarah is talking about how she doesn't know if this shows for her, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden she's like, I know I haven't been really opening up, but my dad is terminally ill and he only has a couple of weeks left. And I don't understand like why I'm here and not there when I don't have enough time and you see Katie like shedding a tear and you like I'm just thinking like okay like she's feels really bad and like is empathizing for her or whatever and then Katie says I lost my dad in 2012 and if I could and I wasn't able to say goodbye so if you do have the chance like you definitely need to go 
and do that. And I fully support you. And it's like this complete twist of events of like, she went in there to kind of start drama and then left that conversation. I know it's just a stupid reality show, but like, it did feel like a real like, okay, you're a human. I'm a human. We have a shared experience that touches me so personally that we can connect on. And like, that's what matters more than anything else going on. So that was kind of like, they were both crying and being really emotional about it. And then in a completely other note, when Katie was The Bachelorette, she had a contestant, Greg Grippo, on who there was a lot of speculation and conversation about their breakup, I feel like, um, because it kind of triggered a response in so many people and different, such different responses. And I think one of the things that, and I'm not even going to get into that, but their connection seemed so strong on television. And I think a big portion of that is trauma bonding, which happens a lot on The Bachelor. And they had both experienced like the death of their father. And to me, like, as now an adult and having gone through therapy and knowing about trauma bonding, I could so clearly see like, that is what's connecting them. Like, I don't, and who knows, obviously, like, how much like feelings are involved, like romantic feelings in The Bachelor at that time or whatever. But I do think like that was something that was also just like a learning experience. I've seen it before, but I think that was just so clear as day that they both had the same exact experience and were trauma bonding over that. And it was important, I think, for other people to see because sometimes, and I'm going off on a tangent here, but we do get trauma bonded to other people because they have experienced the same things. And so I, that was just like a more, I guess, like an accurate depiction of like how those things happen in real life, but not necessarily the healthiest or most compatible relationship. Anyway, that's my two cents on the back. Yeah, I feel like we could like clearly have like another episode. Like there's so much to talk about. Um, the one thing I, I wanted to touch on too is it, the thing I trigger warned you about um, was – summer house on bravo is you know it's just a trashy reality tv show they go to this house and get drunk all summer and black out um and in one of the recent like the most recent season one of the really main guys who's so attractive named carl his brother died and it shows him like getting the phone call that his brother died and it shows everything it shows him going to tell his closest friend in the house it shows him going home for the funeral like and I've got goosebumps for, like, the fourth time during this conversation we've been having. But, like, the fact that, like, if God forbid that ever happened to me and I lost, like, my sibling or anything and I had to deal with that, I probably would have asked him to pull it. Like, I'm like, I do not want to – like, the fact that he can – if he wanted to, anybody could go on Hulu and just watch him finding out that his brother died over and over again. Like, that is something I would ask them to pull, and I'm pre- I'm positive that they would. And so the fact that, like, it stayed in and it showed him finding out, him supporting his mom, him going to tell his best friend in the house, kind of how we handled all that, like, from a stupid party drunk show, it is – I thought that was really cool because they could have very easily – done something different and it shows that like grief touches everyone grief touches and when it's not convenient like it's so like it was it was big of big that I saw I, I watch a lot of Bravo trash TV and I have not seen something like that that had stayed in um and I think that was a big call and I would be curious that I would never I'll never know but I'd be curious if that was like a conversation or if that was something he had to think about because I can't imagine being in a situation Sidebar, if you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I think Lisa Renna has been posting that 
her grief of her her um, experience of losing her mom is going to be depicted on this season of the show. And it, and she's been talking about how she's struggling to rewatch it over again, uh, kind of going back to your point. But yeah, that's just another one on reality TV. I definitely think, and I I haven't seen Summer House, but I'm very intrigued by that. And like the fact that they did keep that in and everything is crazy. Um, I have seen The Bachelor and I'm also decently stuck in the franchise as well. (laughs) So I know the moments that you're talking about, Kathy. And I think like the common thread with all of this, like you were starting to touch on Mads, is just that even in unscripted or semi-scripted or whatever you want to think of reality TV shows, like showing that more like quote unquote real people going through something like that, like you said, even when it's not convenient and even when, you know, what is the motive of keeping the stuff in? Do they think about ratings and drama? I'm sure. But hopefully the positive side of that is that people watching can kind of like get a glimpse. And if you've gone through something similar, can relate or can kind of start to understand of like, oh my God, you know, this is something and how it inter- intertwines with everyone around them. Like you said, it changed the dynamic between those two girls that were about to fight and then they were suddenly bonded. But on the flip side, it can make, you know, relationships kind of toxic if that's all you're bonded about. And just like, again, shows the different complexities and how it all plays out. And I think that you know, yeah, on first glance, reality TV, you know, you can say what you want about it. Trash doesn't have substance. (laughs) But here's an example of something of substance that it does kind of like sneakily show and portray. Um, But like you said, I know we can definitely keep going on and on about this. Maybe this is one we eventually do a part two on and catch up when everyone's seen all the same shows and we all can report back. But do you want to give a teaser that So we know we skipped a week. Um, Thank you for everyone's patience. It was definitely a crazy couple weeks for us three, but we are going to get back on schedule. So there'll be another episode coming out a week from today to get back on our normal schedule. And it'll be a Father's Day episode. It'll come out on Father's Day. Um, So just wanted to kind of tee that up. Before you close us out, Kelsey, um, I did just want to say again, um, if you are struggling or there's anything anything that I said or that you think I would understand or any of us would, whether you're just a friend of Kelsey or Kathy's or a random listener, please feel free to ask for my number or shoot me a DM. Um, sometimes even just acknowledging it and saying it to someone takes away some of the power. So um, be kind to everybody and just we're all doing the best we can. So if, if there's any way I can support you, please let me know. And Kelsey, you can take it away from here. Um, no, that's so nice. And I definitely agree with the sentiment that even saying it to one person or writing it or speaking it um, does take away some of its power from it being in your head. So I definitely echo that for anyone listening too. Um, but otherwise, thank you for listening and for waiting that extra week for this episode. We appreciate you. Again, we're available on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you listen. If you can follow, rate, review, that definitely is helpful. Share it with a friend or someone you know um, who's grieving. You can follow our Instagram, our email, at The Morning Crew. But thanks for listening, everyone. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.